At a recent IT symposium, it was predicted that by 2025, 50% of IT organizations will have digital employee experience strategy, team, and management tool. And that in itself shows you that, you know, traditional IT teams are being blown up to focus on employee experience. Welcome to Making Hybrid Work, the podcast that explores the stories, successes, and stumbles surrounding the new flexible world of hybrid work, from technology to organizational culture. I'm Matt Eastwood, Senior VP at IDC, the premier global market intelligence firm. And I'm Amy Loomis, VP of Research, Future of Work at IDC. In this three-part first season, we'll be sitting down with experts to talk about how data, automation, and AI are helping to inform, measure, and deliver elevated employee and customer experiences. And with that, let's get going. Okay, I want to start with a question. How modern, meaningful, and measurable is your employee experience? A big through line this season is that investment in employee experience will have direct payoffs in customer experience. The dynamic has shifted. Employee experience is not something you invest in after customer success. It's integral to it. But how do you effectively measure the employee experience to understand what's working and what's not? And then how do you optimize and modernize the experience to meet the needs of today's hybrid workplace? Great question, and we'll spend the whole episode trying to answer it. One place I always look is in the toolbox. And as you'll hear in the following conversation with our guest, improved employee experience is not just about piling on the tools. In fact, one way we can improve employee experience is by limiting the tools that you give them. Improved employee experience by subtraction? I'm excited to hear more about that. Before we introduce our guests, can you tell us what the data is showing from a high level when it comes to how these modern, meaningful, and measurable employee experiences are occurring? Sure. So one of the interesting data points we found when we asked organizations what they were doing to mitigate the impact of employees leaving, we saw 42% who decided to change to hybrid and remote policies so they could attract and keep the best employees. We saw that 38% are investing in new communication and collaboration applications. And that's tied with increased use of automation technologies. So you can see how these approaches to work differ, enabling employees to have greater flexibility and employers to have greater insight into how to address process bottlenecks so employees can focus on higher value tasks. That's really great perspective, and thank you for that, Amy. And to help us explore this even more, we brought on Ron Xavier. Ron is the Microsoft Center of Excellence leader for Kindrel Digital Workplace Services. He has over 15 years of experience in various global roles in architecture, solutioning, delivery, business development, and strategy. Ron's focus is to drive outcome-based solutions, leveraging Microsoft technologies which improve both the employee and the customer experience. So Ron, thanks for being here and joining Amy and I today. And to get things started, I'm gonna direct my first question to Amy. So Amy, we've seen a big shift from focus primarily being on customer experience to employee experience over the last two years or so. Can you talk a bit about that shift and where you've seen the greatest amount of change? And then I'm gonna ask Ron, you to expand on that. 
Yeah, and and I think it's really interesting because if you go back to the way that we've traditionally thought about business models, it's always the customer is always right. And there's so much focus on customer engagement and net promoter scores and all of this effort to make it a delightful experience for the person who is consuming a product. Well, when we had the pandemic, what fundamentally shifted is that we went to a platform play not only for customers, but for employees. So when everybody became distributed, the choice of how to engage with customers became much more of a level playing field. And as such, what we've seen shift is a realization that by engaging on a level playing field, by giving the attention to the employee experience, we're bringing them much, much closer to the customer experience. And just to put a fine point on that from a research perspective, when we looked at the top business drivers for work transformation, globally, it's what you might expect. So the top drivers are things like increased employee productivity and cost savings and improved customer experience, just as you'd expect. But if you were, for example, to parse that for North America, the number one thing that comes up rather than improved employee experience. And so what we've shifted from is this notion that all of the things that magically happen behind the scenes for employees are really not worth investing in, they'll come as they may, to, well, we have to really invest in that employee experience if we want to see the outcome of the customer experience mirror that. And so so that's what's really shifted is a recognition that we have a level playing field on which we can much more easily toggle between these two variables, between the play experience and the customer experience. And so, Ron, what do you think about this transfer into employee experience? What are you seeing from here, you said? I completely agree with Amy. I'm seeing similar things. A lot of the, the ideas around the employee experience and requiring that customer experience for employees is the fact that you know offices went away for a period of time. So when you interact with consumer technology, you're purchasing it from somewhere and you're bringing it home to use it at home. You don't use it in an office anymore. So to be able to facilitate that same sort of experience of technology being delivered to you, you now opening up, unboxing that technology or being provided a new tool with the technology you had to bring home. And now you have to use it. Now you have to work with it from day to day. That in itself was a huge change. And that in itself requires a different level of interaction with your employees than you had in the past. It now requires conversations to start with. How is the employee using what I provided them? How is the employee experience on a day-to-day basis? Not so much, how's the technology working? Is it on? Do they have the technology? It's it's around, I've given you this technology, but you know, are you still being able to be productive? Are you still, do you know what to do with it? You have in that customer space where you can sort of turn off, you could turn back on, and bringing that experience itself internally into your work life. So, Ron, Kindrel talks about employee experience being modern, meaningful, and measurable. Can you take us through what each of those things means for hybrid work from your perspective? What I mean by modern is modern identity, uh, collaboration, devices, security, automation, flexibility to provide those hybrid ways of working. And these items must be wrapped together with intelligent support services to resolve issues efficiently and before you even see them. Uh, and that's not available on-prem. A lot of these technologies and the ability to provide that modern experience is cloud-powered. 
is AI powered. It's moving from your data centers on-prem into a cloud work area where you can now work from anywhere. Now, taking it to the meaningful side of things is being able to give you something and implement it in a meaningful way. So I wouldn't, for example, give a frontline worker a full suite of Microsoft tools. It doesn't make sense. That's not what they need. They need just the tools they need to complete their job, to interact with their peers, to record time, to be able to possibly use walkie-talkie if they're on a work site. So being able to implement that technology in a way that it's personalized to you, personalized to the type of work that you do, so you can be productive, you can balance culture, well-being, you can help innovate at pace, and being able to move away from old ways of doing things. And finally, uh, the measurable. You know, I'll use the watermelon analogy, which is funny. It was used this morning. You know, when you look at a watermelon, everything is green on the outside, but it may be red on the inside. So when you look at SLAs, SLAs are green, they're happy. But when you look deeper, you know, something being on, for example, a light switch, you turn on a light in a room, the light is on. But if the room is still too dim and you cannot see, then you're not getting the achieved outcome. So it's very similar to a watermelon that's green on the outside. When you dig deeper, you find out that there are problems. And this is now measuring those outcomes, measuring that employee experience with experience level agreements, going and managing how they're actually working with what they're given and being able to be productive of what they're given and tailoring that experience, which could be the way that the tools were provided to them, the way they're configured, or it could be adoption, helping them understand how to better use what they're given. So, Amy, anything that you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I think it's really interesting that there are many things that are measurable that are not meaningful and many things that are meaningful that are measurable. And that, I think, is the pathway forward to being more modern in our way of thinking. So, for example, if you look at our expectations of being consumers and what that means, it may be that my tools for working arrive in the mail. It may be that my employer understands what I need to get my job done done, be that technology, be that policy, uh, be that any other element of the way that the team is managed and led. So you have a spectrum here across the modern, meaningful, and measurable that connects the two of them, and you can get them finely calibrated to support one another. Um, If you measure the right things, you're able to make the experience more meaningful. If you understand what's meaningful, you're able to measure the right things. So I think it's important to underscore how these are all connected with one another. Great. So, Amy, I'm going to keep this one with you. So collaboration is a critical part of how employees get their work done, obviously. But what are some of the key changes that you've seen in the last 18 months about modern ways that technology is changing to support collaboration? And then also how that might be evolving going forward over the next year, year and a half as well. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest challenges and also areas of focus that we've seen for improving that employee experience is the technology upgrades that are focused on teaming and collaboration. So we see that being the case in our latest survey data around 43% of the time. That's where they're going to start to build up that experience and help. I think what's changed in the way that we collaborate is we've moved from synchronous to much more use of asynchronous technologies, um, of understanding when to use just-in-time technologies, when to go with Slack, when to go with instant messaging, when to use email, when to jump in on a call where you have multiple people visually represented to build that culture. So 
One is that we've essentially opened up the aperture to many different modalities of communicating so that we can bring together people who are both remote and in the same room with one another. And I think the other is that we've started to recognize that it's not simply the technology, that we can deploy the most up-to-date technologies that do, say, translation or auto-facial recognition using AI. And a lot of those are going to be what the future of work looks like. Um, but we also need to make sure that we beef up those human skills to make that collaboration be effective that we start to be co-creators in this collaborative experience rather than simply being people who use the technology as a way of communicating. And we think about it as right-sizing this for the purpose of the work that we're doing. So I think that's really where we're going with this is very much a iterative and an overtime fine-tuning of which technologies to do when, for what purpose, and what outcome. And I think it'll increasingly become virtualized. And I think the barriers between those who are on-prem and those who are not will start to diminish uh, exponentially as we go forward. Well said. So Ron, any thoughts from you on how technologies are really influencing the way we collaborate? I do see one major change that's now leading to other changes. And we've undergone that change internally as Kindrel. At a recent IT symposium, it was predicted that by 2025, 50% of IT organizations will have digital employee experience strategy, team, and management tool. And that in itself shows you that, you know, traditional IT teams are being blown up to focus on the employee experience. And with that, the other pieces that attach to it are, you know, VPs are seeing that with this differentiated employee experience, you're now improving new hire commitment. You're now decreasing employee turnover. You're now attracting new employees. And then to be able to build that differentiated experience, you're looking at things such as more personalization, getting away from the ideas of, of personas into individual personalization looking at spaces that are defined by purpose. It can be one tool that allows you to chat, allows you to design and draw, allows you to create to-do lists, to manage projects all in one space. So we don't have to search around between tools and fumble between tools to figure out what's where as we innovate and as we drive the company forward. And then look at new visual collaboration tools, bringing in augmented reality, mixed reality, into being able to design, being able to troubleshoot, being able to build. And finally, social connections. With everybody being all over the place, driving that social connectivity and even social eminence internally with the necessary tools that gives you that connection that's more than just, I'm showing up to a meeting. It's giving you the ability to show who you are as a person within your company to make you feel like you belong. All of those things are, are, are coming. We'll be back with more of Ron's interview right after this. This podcast is brought to you by Kindrel. Kindrel's digital workplace global practice provides end-to-end -end services from consulting to implementation, management, and support. We use the capabilities of market-leading technologies and co-create with you and our partners the best possible experiences. Learn more at kindrel.com slash digital workplace. That's K-Y-N-D-R-Y-L dot com slash digital dash workplace. Kindrel, elevate your employee and customer experiences. Now back to our conversation. Ron, let's let's kind of play this out. This this notion of 
what does it actually mean to create a meaningful experience? So how can you make that a bit more concrete, firm that up for our listeners in terms of what does that mean, a meaningful experience? I, I like to get into that, and it's so timely. We had an article released recently in the Globe and Mail that talked about our, our co-creation process and how our human-centered design principles emphasize a vision to guide transformation. And we call our process future backcasting. Future backcasting defines the desired state for the organization post-transformation and then allows us to work backwards to define the paths to a viable real-world solutions. We start at the outcome. We start at, this is the challenge. What do we see as the solution to that challenge? And then let's figure out the right set of technology to be able to get you there. So if we look at now a frontline worker that feels disconnected or somebody who is um, a field worker that is alone, a window cleaner, for example, um, that the challenge is connecting them now to others. So whether that is enabling a team's frontline experience attached to security features in their Apple Watch or other frontline safety solutions to be able to now provide them the meaningful technology they need to be safe, but to also communicate and to also state if they need help and or if they've completed a job, record their time. And then look at somebody who is in HR, for example. Somebody in HR might need a lower powered device with simple access to a browser because all the applications that they use are browser based. So working backwards to provide the set of tools, the set of technologies, the devices, all of those things together to now provide that, that meaningful experience. Not giving you more tools than you need, but giving you the tools that you do need configured in a way that allows you to be productive with those tools, allows you to communicate with those tools, allows you to be able to do your job as you should with the least amount of friction. Fantastic. So Amy, we've talked a lot about how the employee experience is modern and meaningful, but if you can, could you let us take a minute and talk a little bit about how we measure that? What are some of the metrics that can be used to really quantify the value of this employee experience? And how do you think organizations are using these metrics today? Yeah, and I just want to piggyback on something we were just talking about to lead into that. And that was the, how do you go from meaningful to measurable? Um, I think we have to ask ourselves, you know, meaningful to whom? Meaningful to what? So meaning is, it can be meaningful to me. So I'm measuring, you know, how quickly was I able to get something done? Was I able to make a dent in progress so that I'm a valuable employee to the company? But also, am I being valued, right? So that sense of meaningful to me can be how valued and valuable you feel. But there's also meaningful to my organization. And so then you're measuring what your contribution is to the organization. How is my team working together? How do we measure uh, the degree to which our teamwork is being effective, the better together? What types of activities do we find are done more um, imaginatively when we can collaborate and co-create and which are done more effectively when they're in isolation. Um, so from that standpoint, you're measuring different types of metrics that are not just solely based on the individual. And then of course, there's being meaningful to the world. So how much is the work that I'm doing actually making a difference? And in some professions where you're saving lives, for example, it's clear if you're that window cleaner um, that we were talking about a minute ago, it's harder to see that sense of value and 
valuableness as you do your day-to-day job. So from that standpoint, it may be, well, how much does it help for people who are in that building to see out and see clearly and want to be in that room? So to put a fine point on that, I think we start to see different measures moving from things like customer satisfaction, where that's 48% of what people are measuring to ensure that employees are being productive. But you also see metrics that are moving up the stack as far as what more organizations are pointing to. And we see very much, like we were just talking about, the rise of agile metrics. So the rise of measuring Um, what the desired outcomes are. How close did you get to meeting that desired outcome? And that means that you're measuring different things like backlogs or burndowns or any number of those agile metrics. And we're seeing those come to the fore. So I I think that that's really what's happening right now is we're seeing a change in the way that we measure um, how we are being meaningful and moving away from task-based metrics to much more metrics that are oriented towards teaming behavior, communication, and improved skills at doing those things. And in those cases, it's well over 30% of organizations that are doing that. So there's definite momentum in that direction. Well said, Amy. Some really good context there. So, Ron, do you have any, any thoughts, anything you'd want to add on to what Amy said? So employee experience-wise, you first look at the journey, then you look at the underlying processes, and if there's associated infrastructure, and determine what sort of metrics are quantitative metrics, and then look at the qualitative metrics, which again are the surveys, the user sentiment, the how did I feel? What was my experience using this tool, using this process? And you weigh those things accordingly to determine the experience level. So you have, you know, people complain about something being slow. That's common. It's been around for years. People use the term latency, which, you know, drives IT support folks insane. The idea that, oh, it's slow. But when you look at the actual quantitative metrics, it there, there's nothing saying it's slow. It's, it's perfectly fine. You're looking at the servers, the network, everything. It's fine. But when the user submits a survey, it's slow. So being able to understand from that, again, that experience piece, you know, we go back to the olden days and the SLA is, oh, well, it's green, it's fine. And, and the user just has to be hung out there. But now understanding on the inside, understanding that deeper meaning, understanding what the user finds is slow and being able to fix that, rectify that issue or explain to the end user why they're having that experience helps bring them into a place where they can understand what the expectation is. That's great. And so, Ron, I'm going to keep this here with you. So. You know, let's talk a little bit about the people, the process, the organizational aspect of, of all of this. So we have people from lots of different roles listening today, and they range from technology to line of business to HR. How do you see them collaborating to create the best employee experience for hybrid work? Now, that's a good one. And it's one that we really are tackling ourselves internally and are embracing. And it's the idea of fusion teams of multidisciplinary teams that involve folks that are either developing or supporting a technology or rolling out that technology, the end users themselves, business leaders that use specific tools in their disciplines, and bridge together all that expertise to determine how we can actually create the best employee experience. Because if it's an IT person rolling something out, it's successful when it's rolled out, it's on the machine, it's on the device, and it's working. But that doesn't mean it's going to do what the end user needs it to do or what the business needs it to do. So we look at that team to get that end user experience to say, yes, this looks right to me. This is how I want to see things. This is, you know, my workflow and understanding 
what that workflow is. So when the deployment goes out and the configuration goes out, it provides the necessary interface for that user to be comfortable, for that employee to be comfortable. And the business leaders have to be on board with that as well, because they're a huge part of adopting these things. A prime example would be us ourselves internally moving away from Slack to Teams. One thing our business leaders did was they adopted it first. They said, hey, we're jumping over to Teams. They set up uh, essentially out-of-office messages in Slack saying, we're over here if you want to find us. And that helped force all the employees to move over to that platform, get comfortable with it, provide feedback that could then go up now to our CIO team and the other folks that are managing this deployment to say, hey, this is working great. This isn't working great. And let's work together to provide the best experience for these specific groups. So it has to be a fusion team that involves the end user as part of the deployment, as part of the configuration, along with obviously security and others. Well said, Ron. So Amy, any thoughts from you in terms of your conversations with customers along these lines? Yeah, and there's also research that we have that bears us out. But what I've seen is we started out as people tried to navigate, you know, what is this thing of which we call hybrid, right? And that required that HR and IT work together along with line of business to be able to negotiate who's going to be where and what tools and technologies do people need? How are we going to find out what they need? So that could be understanding when and how to do employee pulse surveys, or it could be understanding how to make people safe getting into a building. I mean, a number of the experiences that I've seen where end users get very excited about refurbishing an office, and then they get IT involved in collaborating with the operations and get everything set up without talking to line of business without talking to the employees, and they wind up with an empty office because people don't have that kind of fusion team set up where they've understood what the outcomes are and who needs to work with whom and be next to whom. So that's been a real shift from my standpoint is it's not simply about isolating um, the individual silos and putting them side by side. You have to actually integrate them. You have to actually be thinking about and, and I've seen uh, a lot of progress here where organizations will think about that employee journey from the beginning to the middle to the end, from when they leave their house to will I get reception you know, in the parking lot to will I be able to work in the building and get access to the data I need and the people I need that I had configured and set up and, and was engaging with from my home office. So it's much more of a shift from top down down, which is important to top down and organization to organization integration. And yes, in some of these fusion teams, but there's also instances where that's happening on a per project basis that's much more spontaneous. So I don't think there's a, only a right way to do it, but the important message here is that it's got to be cross-functional and integrated from the top all the way to the lowest person on the ladder, not just something that's a boardroom conversation. So that's great. Thank you, Amy. Um, so let's go go back to Ron just real quick. Is there anything that we've left out here that you'd want to you'd want to kind of leave our audience with before we you know, call it an end here with this this discussion? Yeah, I'd like to speak about the involvement of HR. We kind of talked a little bit about it throughout this podcast, and I wanted to, I guess, focus on the importance of 
HR as we've been moving forward through hybrid work and we continue to move forward with collaboration and, and employee experience. I'll give an example of we had a talk here in Toronto and we were looking for a specific profile to come to this talk. And even though the profile put out there was fairly technical, we had a room full of CHROs. And it was because employee experience was at the forefront of it. It wasn't the CIOs coming in to figure out what technology you're using to support the employee experience. It was how do we figure out what the best employee experience is? How do we enable that employee experience? And as a collaborative effort, the CHROs are the ones that are driving the employee experience, but knowing that they must collaborate with the IT teams to be able to build that experience, to build the experience that they want that will, again, retain employees, attract employees, get the most out of their employees, make them happy, balance well-being, give them freedom to discover and explore, give them freedom to work in their own way. But it is really driven by HR. So it's a friend of mine said that it's uh, the best way to use technology is for you not to realize you're using the technology. Don't feel like it, like the technology, don't let it get in the way. It should be natural to use. When you pick up your, your phone and you answer it, it's natural. Back before we had smartphones, the phone would ring, whether it's a rotary phone or you know a touch phone, you just pick it up and it works. And that's what we want. And that's what the employee experience should be. It should be so seamless, so effortless and it should be just natural for us. And a lot of that is driven from HR, understanding what their employees need, hearing the employee voice, trying to figure out what the, the best way is to have that employee experience built and work with the necessary teams, work with IT, work with security to, to build that. Well said, thank you. And Amy, any last thoughts from you? Yeah, and I think it's very much this intersection of technology and human factors, that human experience, the employee experience, as well as the leadership and the policies. If you want to be able to get that involvement across these different functions, you don't need to just focus on the technology upgrades, but also how do you support that? How do you support that from a human standpoint where HR is involved? How do you support that from an IT standpoint where the CIO is involved and how do you factor that into making a repeatable system where people will continue to improve their working conditions and their ideas um, and keep pace with the demands that customers have for the way things should work and the way we should work with the people who are trying to sell us goods and services. So keeping that as an evolving element across functions is what I think is going to be critical. Thank you, Amy. Well, thank you, Ron. Thank you for joining us and joining the podcast today. We really appreciate your perspective here. And uh, we look forward to continuing this conversation in the next pod. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. It was wonderful. Thanks. And so good to meet you, Ron. Well, Amy, another fantastic conversation is in the books. As with our previous episode, we're hearing that we need to lead the conversation with employee experience. And also to measure how people are actually using the technology. If the people and the tools are hybrid, you have to make sure that the data is as well. Furthermore, you have to give them what they need and make sure that you're not over-serving them with extra tools that really just get in the way. Finally, I just love the idea of adoption as a forcing function. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks to Ron Xavier for the fantastic conversation. Next episode, we will have Dennis Perpetua, Chief Technology Officer for Kindrel Digital Workplace Services. The topic will be solving the employee experience puzzle, how to measure for success. 
And until then, I'm Matt Eastwood. And I'm Amy Loomis. We'll see you on the next episode of Making Hybrid Work. 